And we're live, Connecting Christ. We're here, we want this to be the best party this week. We want it to be a blast. We're so happy that everybody's here. Um, obviously, we have Joel on camera. Hi, guys. We have Andrea with us. Hey, guys. Joel's son is with us. You want to introduce your son? Marco, say hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> so they're off camera, and, um, and we're just so happy they're here. Uh, I'm so excited for this every week. This is going to be the best time of my week. It's the thing I look forward to most with the people I love the most. Uh, we're missing Pastor Kyle Graham. We tried to call him. Unfortunately, he, he's missing out. But we will get him on camera one of these days. And we're missing JD. He's in Venezuela. Uh, he, unfortunately, is uh, having a lack of Wi-Fi. So I'd love to have... <laughs> I'm praying for JD to have Wi-Fi so he can better Wi-Fi. It's finity. Go over there, please. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need Wi-Fi help. Please, God. And uh, that's going to... Uh, it's going to help us actually on Wi-Fi. So I was in Dominican Republic this week and um, I had work to do. I had deadlines and the Wi-Fi wasn't working and I'm just freaking out, uh, like absolute freaking out. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I pray, right? I pray. And then the Wi-Fi starts working like full speed. Oh, not like, again. Again? Again? Second yeah, time happened last, last night? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But literally, you don't understand the panic that's going through my mind. Like, And this time, it wasn't the first time I prayed. I prayed like... 50 times at least. Wow. And on the 50th prayer, it started working. It went fast. And I was able to like get the, I was able to meet the deadline quickly after that. But it was just like super high stress, extremely high stress. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, thankful to God uh, for being here. I'm thankful for, you know, obviously we have brunch. We have food every week. Um, thankful for family and friends that are like family. Um, Amen. Joel's here with us, and he's here with his son, and he was, you know, he talks about his kids all day, every day, and you can just see the smile that radiates from him when he spends time with yeah. his kids. Tell us about it. Well, it's, uh, let me tell you guys, it's an amazing experience. It's, it's like uh, when you want to eat a chocolate bar, if you like chocolate, it's an example, and the chocolate is over, you try to look for the chocolate at any store, they don't have the chocolate you want to. But finally, you find the chocolate you want to. You say, oh, my God, I got the chocolate. So it's like part of life. They, they melt it in my, in my mouth. They melt it in my life. It's so grateful to spend time with him. You know, even as I spend time in real life during the days, because I got to work, or I got to work to do. But when I got him, and my kingdom and her sister, my kids, it's an amazing experience. Like, oh, my God, I'll be child again. You know, we child again when I play sports. You want to throw the ball. You want to go fishing even never you fish. Things like that. And it's an amazing, amazing. And, and I'm proud that she grow up and make his own opinions, his own values. Today, yes, we're talking about, listen, and I told him about this morning. Listen, I'm going to be in the other line. You're going to be in your line. Uh, I want you to make your own mistakes. I want you to do all your things. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not, not going to enforce you. Come to my line. Yes, you do your line. You do your thing. Fail is going to be one of those. I hope never fail, but you have to fail. And when I'm going to be next to you. So I'm going to be on your side. Like God is on my side. Like Jesus is on my side every single day. Listen, you're like watching you, what you're doing. You're going to grow up. You're going to be good. But keep doing what you're doing, you know. And then God, good friends. Like brothers and sisters, you know, and, and that's what we grow. It's like 
how you met people, how you grow in this special opportunity. They, and that's an amazing experience. I can complain about it. God's good. Yeah. I always say that. God's good. And the thing I definitely say is like, your spirit is so lifted and it lifts my spirit. You know what I mean? That's great. And it's funny how like, when we have the joy of Christ and we have just joy in general, it, it transfers to people around us in a, in a sense. You know what I mean? It's just so, it's such a great feeling. And one thing that I'd like to add to what you said is, number one is, I think we should go fishing. <laughs> that just sounds awesome. Like next weekend or something. Yeah, probably. Whenever you guys can go. And number two is that um, just for like any kids out there, I actually have three things. For any kids out there is just enjoy losing, man. I know, like, we're so trained to not lose and to hate losing, but the fear of losing has probably caused more losses than than exactly than, than trying. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because the thing is, you try and you learn where your weaknesses are, or you take a test and you learn where your weaknesses are, and that's where you you work on it and get better. Like, how many of us hate tests, right? But without a test, the thing is, is our society we we put tests in the wrong context a test the purpose of a test if you look at it in this context is hey let's see where we have room to improve mm -hmm. and let's work on those areas so we can become better yeah right. and if we look at it as like hey let's get better everybody let's get better together when you're in the classroom let's get better when you're studying math let's get better when you're in the gym let's get better if you have that approach then everybody's working together the teacher the students students help each other let's all get better and let's learn but what society has is like okay it's a test and if i fail then you know i can't do this thing i want to do or they're going to be so mad at me or i didn't work hard enough and it's just all this pressure i feel like i feel like if they change the the approach to it that we can have a more positive impact and may add something there is sometimes they, they classifying you like oh i got a great a i got a great b you are a d you are an E, you are an F. So, because you are an A, you are the smartest guy on, the, the good student. When you got an F, oh, you're the favorite, you're the worst. And could be the opposite. You never know about it, you know? It's like I was listening this morning about B.I.G. Music when I would get leave, and they was talking about, this is a song to my old teachers, they never say going to make it. Look at what he become. From nothing to something, like amigos say, yeah. right? So it's like that. You can be... Even Einstein. Even Einstein. He got S in math and S in English and look whatever at who the language. Every time you're talking about Einstein, oh, Einstein is a genius. Yeah, smartest person ever. So the kids out there, when you start to the kids out there is like, you're going to see pressure for your parents, pressure for anybody. Pressure is good sometimes, but not go to the stream. Because when you go to the stream, you get frustration. You get stressed. You put yourself into a dilemma that you want to get out. Some kids, they don't know how to explode. They go run away. They use drugs. Even they commit suicide. So that, that's the point. You need to try. Do your best you can. Like today, uh, he's talking about, I give you my 100%. You give your 100%. And that's it. You can give a little more, a little bit more. But we'll try to do the best. You say, really, a gay, a B? Ah, worse. All right, fine. The next time, I'm going to try to do A. If you're gonna, you know, if you try to do your best, don't go to the, to say, my mom, my dad, listen, that's prior to be success. It's like, sometimes you don't have it all A's. People say, oh, I wanna get A's because I wanna be this. 
and then you yes you gotta go apply and get normal you gotta do your best simple as that the thing is like it's good to put pressure on people to do better but it has to come from their heart that will to be better Get point. because if you pressure to the extreme if you put that pressure on that person to the extreme if that person is not gonna will to do better. exactly that's, that's a great point. What are you thinking, Marcos, about that? You're, you're a kid. You're uh, almost 16. What are you thinking about that? I mean, I mean, yeah, pressure, putting pressure on kids, especially, mm -hmm. you know, life that you go through at high school and school and everything. Um, like, don't push it over the limit, you know, because, like you said, they can run away. You know, it, it's been happening to us. You know, we've been there, you and me, with our sister. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to know what's the limit, when, when you know, when you got to stop. Like, how to do it, you know, you got to talk to them, you know, just in a good way. Pressure them in a good way. Yeah, like, encouragement can be pressure, right? Encouragement. It's like, pressure. I know you can do it. I know it's going to be awesome. I know you're going to love, you know, like, the, the results of it. And maybe that can be, like, a, a positive pressure rather than, oh, I can't believe you didn't do it. You oh. never do it. Things like that. And so maybe, you know, trying to have that... Pressure and obligation is completely it. different. You obligate to do something or you try to do something. It's completely different. So we just no obligates our kids, especially, you know, when we listen with the audience, uh, no obligate something that you kid is not ready for or they don't want to do at the moment. Just be patient. That's the word. Patient. There's time. Come. Or pray for it. That's the most important part. Pray for it. Ask, ask God. So I have two more points. One is that um, Joel and I together and Andrea we're we're going through a you know like physical change we're trying to oh, improve yeah. our bodies and yes. so when I think about improving myself I think about the body mind and spirit and so if you want to improve your mind and you want to improve your body I think you start with spiritual growth first because I think like you know learning about Jesus learning about being patient learning about freedom I think it strengthens your mind and i think that in turn also strengthens your body and um and so that's kind of like the kind of like the process that i've gone through myself is like you're down how many pounds 30 40 pounds 30 exactly almost 40 42 pounds 42 pounds he's looking great i'm down 30 pounds and you know we've been doing it together and the thing is for me the way that I'm doing it is I had to have a spiritual adjustment first, like set my mind to it, you know, ask God for help, ask God to guide me. And as I'm going through it, you know, I'll, I'll literally work out and I'll listen to, you know, sermons or I'll be praying or whatever it is, focusing on breathing. And it's really that I think that spiritual growth, I think if you focus on that first, it leads to growth in the other areas rather than if you just work out on your body. I don't think that's going to help with spiritual growth as much as if you work on your spiritual growth, it'll help you increase your body and with the mind as well. What do you think on that? I think, and actually, I was had this conversation, like, when you leave, I make someone, they work out. The first impression is say, I work out because I want to see how, how many ladies I can get the numbers. And I was laughing and say, oh, really, man, that's good for you. They say, good for you. They say, what do you mean? You losing weight too, you stay my boy, yeah. But I'm not losing weight for look for the ladies. I losing weight because I wanna be happy with myself. I'm happy who I am. I wanna be more happy 
like looking good. I, I always look in shorty and fat, but now I just want to look skinny and just look good. Look, but I don't look for anybody. And it's completely different. Yeah, but I mean, you this opportunity. You grow out your muscles. You're going to get big. Ladies going to call you. Say, That's you. You're single. You're fine. In my case, I don't do that. I do for different reasons. I want to look good. I want to get healthy. Not for me. Right? I got two kids and I'm going to get healthy for my friends, my environment. Yeah, he he kind of like aggravated what I'm talking about. You know, he's like, yeah, but you're so sure. I said, listen, we just talk about it. You know, you got your own opinion. I got my own opinion. It's completely different opinions. But the other way I look at it, like, is the most important thing is not the person who's going to love you, talking about into that, is going to love you for who you are. The woman's going to, you see, guys, we're looking the excipers. Women look the insider. So instead to we look in the oxide, it's looking how the inside is, what we offer you, the way you treat it, the way that you talk, the way that you call, the way the manners. That's what most of the women look for. And unfortunately, in this society, now it's been changing. Now it's men and women do the same thing. What men used to do before, the women do right now. Oh, man, my woman is cheating. Oh, really? I'm so sorry. Boy. So things like that have been changed, but it's nothing can be changed. It's the spirit of God. You can look good outside, you can show up outside. But let's, let's be realistic. Inside, never gonna change. You have to be the spiritual. If you're gonna go to God or Jesus, just go to God Jesus. You're gonna go to the other side, just go to the other side. But the spiritual thing, never gonna be changed. It's from day one, Jesus come to earth. The day one, you need to do what Jesus said. That's it. Never gonna change that. You can change the attitude, the clothes, the aspect, whatever. You have a house, you don't have no house. You have a car, you don't have no car. That's exciting. But what Jesus wants is you had the blessing, like he said, like before we're talking about, I got more things to do that you don't understand. He said that in the last podcast. Talking about he prefers say a human. So our saving is our spirit inside. So when we say that, you may say like, hey, I'm great. My spirit is great, so I don't need to be saved. I'm good. So that's what the referral is about. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I had was to, uh, talk to Marcos about um, he's he loves like the military right yeah and he's in the ROTC and he's competing and he's having a lot of success and um, it seems to me like you know God just has a calling for you in that realm and uh, Joel has talked to me about how like how much you love it how excited you are and so I just wanted to hear about that from you and see about like you know what is it about it that that makes you passionate, that you enjoy about it, that you love about it. And, you know, just to wish you the best and, you know, say that we know you're going to do great and we support you and right. we're here for you and we encourage you, you know, in every way that we can. Um, I put, you know, a lot of dedication to the program. Um, I love it. It's a good program. Um, it's the people in the program, they, like, motivate you to do it. Like, they tell you, you know, you got this, you can do it. It's, like, the teachers as well, the you know, the Marine teachers, they, they give you that, that hope that you need for you to keep moving on. And whenever you have competitions, they, they, they keep giving you that motivation. Like, they don't stop. They don't tell you, oh, no, we're going to do bad. They just give you that motivation. Like, it's, it's a really good program. The, the friends I have in there, they're, like, supportive. They're there for me when I need them um, in competitions as well. They're there when we don't have a team. They do whatever to come. Like, the people there are just amazing. Um, They'll do anything just to like save the program as well. Um, honestly, it's it's a really good program. I like it, um, and yeah, it's good. So, 
Is it? Because I don't know much about it, I, I would compare it to like a sport, right? So a sport, you do it like after school for a while and then every day and that's it? Or is it like before school or it's how like, does that work? It's like a, it's an academy. You, during, you do it during school. It's like a class. So it's a, like two hours. For, uh, so you like, you get taught things about what the branch is. Like Marines, we get taught about like what it is, um, like how to do things in the Marines. Like they teach you like little step by step. Um, and like once you get out of high school, it's up to you what you want to do. Um, but if you want to go into the military, they'll help you out. We have um, like recruiters there that will help you talk to you about what you can do after high school. So yeah, they like they they can do anything you know if, if it's something considered military. Sure. And what's your what area does your passion lie, or what are your goals in terms of you know the military and being a part of that and. Um, Right now, I'm still looking into that. Um, I was maybe thinking, talking to the army recruiter that's there, maybe go into recruit or go to college, but I'm not sure what to do yet, but I know that God will help me to go through it and anything that I need, he will be there for me, so. I'm great, I'm great. Actually, like I've had, I never joined the military, but I had a lot of friends that joined and they all love boot camp. They all love every part of it. I mean, there's so many benefits um, it's, it's going to be a great time and it's really awesome. I never considered like the camaraderie, you know, between, yeah. you know, the people that you're there with. And it's, it's such a great thing that, you know, you have that support and you have, you know, people that you can trust in your life. It's hard to find in general, you know what I mean? Typically. And the common so sense too. It's a lot of common sense there. It's, 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 I don't say everybody, anybody can do it, but they're talking about, the common sense that they open more minds. You visualize, example, we visualize we got a one, two, three, four package of fruit. They say, oh no, they got the fruit, they got the stand, they got the colors, things like that. You know, I like that. All right. All right. So that's our intro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for taking it longer. It's a long one, but, yeah. and um, we didn't do our introductions. We'll say that for next time. Mm-hmm. But just to discuss the values of connecting Christ, um, Number one, exalt the Lord, our God, which is raise him up. Um, put him first in your life whenever you can. We follow Jesus and his words. So one thing that we try to do is just focus on like directly what the scripture says. Go straight to the source. Three, we avoid judging others and criticizing others. And number four, uh, we don't want your money, but we do believe that... Um, we believe that we'll all have an abundance at some point. And with that abundance, we want to help others in need. And um, and so <clears throat> there's so many ways that we can help others. Uh, it can be financially. It can be if you have an overflow of clothes, you can donate them. If you have time and nothing to do, you can help somebody with something they need. Um, I think we all have an overflow of something an abundance of something and just finding a way. I think for me, I'm an attorney, so I try to help people with legal advice just when I can and, and give the best advice I can. And that's the best, you know, the that's the most abundance that I have that I'm able to help people. But I try to help in other ways as well. And it's, you know, it's up to you and what you're comfortable with. But, um, you know, that's kind of like one of the examples that I try to follow, you know, just reading, uh, reading about the Bible and reading about Christ. So we'll start with our initial prayer. Um, we'll bow our heads and I'm going to pray. So 
Dear Lord, we come to you today with just joy, excitement, and we're rejoicing. We're so happy to spend this time with you, to be with you, and to learn about you and your heart and what you want from us. Please open our minds, our ears, and our mouths so that we can speak, so that you can speak through us and that we can speak to you. Our goal is to create that relationship with you, God, to know that you're active and alive and that you're the truth and that we can just continue and enjoy and have fun and everything that we do in your name we pray amen amen so this was something that was weighing on my heart and um i was listening to church advertisements and they talked about come to church god is here listen this is key god is with you wherever you're at you don't need to go to church to see god you don't need to go to your friend that's a pastor to see God. You don't need to come to me to see God. God is within you. You need to activate it by having faith, by inviting him into your heart. You know, awaken that spirit. Um, I, I get disgusted when I, hear, <laughs> when I hear you need to come to church to see God. And you don't need that. You don't need that. That's not what it says. What it says is accept Jesus in your heart and he's with you and he'll direct your steps. He'll direct you. He'll guide you. And um, and so it's it's something I'm I'm extremely passionate about. Um, is that everybody has their own relationship with God, um, their own direction. The Holy Spirit needs to speak to you. Like you don't need to go to uh, a tarot reader to find out about what to do. You don't need astrology to tell you what to do. You don't need any of that stuff. What you need is Jesus. You need to talk to him. <laughs> You need to have that conversation within yourself with the Holy Spirit. And that's going to guide you. That's your guide. And, um, you know, the Bible will help you with that. The Bible is great for creating that relationship. But I think you can do it even without the Bible. So that's just something that um, was weighing on me. Um, okay. Next is our, our breathing exercise. So we're just going to do three deep breaths. Um, I want you to breathe in Christ. So like huge breaths. Breathe in as much oxygen as you can breathe in. Breathe out as much oxygen as you can breathe out. Start with breathing in. Breathe in as much oxygen as you can. Invite Jesus into your lungs, into your body. When you're done, breathe out. Breathe out all the bad spirits, any negativity, any stress. Feel your shoulders lighten up. Feel your back, the weight lifted off your back. Breathe out as much as you can. As soon as you're done with that, breathe in. So I got to do it as well. And um, there's a spiritual benefit to that, but there's also physical benefits of just bringing oxygen into our bodies and... Um, and expelling all this CO2, the waste CO2. Next, um, you know, this is just a, an assignment for you guys is pray on what you should be doing today, this week, and this month. God's going to direct your steps. Um, it's important that you get the information from him directly. So, so often we want to rely on our own thoughts. Hey, this is what I need to do um, in order to get to my goals. But when you're... When you have strong faith, you realize that have, God has better steps and better guidance than you do. 
Like, you don't want to guide yourself. You want him to guide you. It's extremely important. And next, affirmations. What God thinks about you. Um, it says in the Bible and all throughout, you know, God has designed you. You're created by design. And he knows every hair on your head. He can count every hair on your head. He, he can count every tear that you've ever cried. You're an overcomer. You're a champion. You're created by design. You're special, you're important, you're a masterpiece, you're favored, supported, equipped, strong, intelligent, and loved. Oh, I'm sorry. No All right, so we're going to look at the scripture. It's John 4.43, and it's titled, Jesus Heals an Official Son. After two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time in which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Okay, so that ended at 54, and then it goes on to chapter 5. So, um, we'll start with just the first paragraph uh, on 43. And, Joel, is there anything you notice in the first paragraph that you want to... They said, after the two days, he left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out the prophet has no honor in his own country. The first part of talking about there is this, like, he have the Galilee has, like, an own president. And the president has no reputation at all. Who is him? What he doing? What he does? And when he came, he said, that's not the reputation of God wants, not the reputation of Jesus. Oh, I mean, his father said it. So Jesus already come with reputation. So even that, the title say the official, even the official went look for him, right? So that's the part. He comes from far, far away to say that. So. And the other thing I add is that um. Jesus pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And so one thing you have to realize is that when you're doing spiritual things, um, you, you, we seek out um, support and, and encouragement from the people that are closest to us. But what the Bible tells us is those people are the ones that aren't going to understand. They're not going to have faith mm-hmm. because they haven't seen you in that light. Um, you know, the way that you grew up and things like that. And so that's definitely one of the spiritual challenges is overcoming that the people closest to you, the people that you love the most may not have the same um, ambitions. Yeah. 
the same experiences, the same ideas as you do. And, the, you know, it's just a challenge that you have to overcome. And um, like you said, you know, Jesus has moved from one place to another. He's gone from a specific place and he has a plan in Galilee. And it says, when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all he'd done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. So, um, so Jesus has been performing miracles, and people are hearing about it, and people are excited about it. They're receiving him with great joy and cheer. Um, they're, they're questioning, you know, how, who is this guy? How does he do this? Is he really the Messiah? Is he, is he not? Um, you know, they're interested in what he has to do, but they hear about all the great things that he's doing, and they're excited for him at this point. Yeah, it is. Actually, as I told you, like he doing the goods and everywhere, he is saving lights, and he doing miracles. Right now, we see we don't see any miracles, but we have miracles every day. We just, we just don't testify about it, but we have miracles of living, miracles on and salvation, hell. But in this case, he already comes. It's like he got a a degree or he's got a portfolio say, listen, I'm coming with this thing, then when you're going to go over there, you're going to have me, you're going to love me. Mm -hmm. So everybody welcome, hey, the Messiah is coming, hey, right here, I'm here. So things like that, he already like, oh, I got, he got to the people to say, okay, you want to be safe, you're going to be safe. So he already have a reputation. So I guess, what's the best reputation you just create Jesus? What you, what you thinking of the reputation he has? A good man, faith, honorable, son of God. What else? Messiah. What What else you can say about him? Savior. But they didn't see him as a savior yet. <coughs> they don't. On the cross. But they welcome him. Yeah. So when Jack and Abel welcome him, Ray said like, "We're gonna welcome this guy. We don't. We had to believe what I used to see him that was later. But so far we're gonna welcome him. He feeling at home. When you welcome somebody into your house, how you feeling? You mean you're another person. Hey, great, nice to meet you, man. I know you may come to my house, get this dinner, this dinner. You're welcome with your best. It's the same thing they do. And Jesus is like, oh, these people care about me. Well, let's do some work here. That's what he does. You know? And I love that at this time, people love Jesus. You know what I mean? They want, they want to be near him. They want to be with him. And, you know, I want to be like that as well. It's a good example. And then, you know, you see how things, you know, turn at a certain point, but this is kind of like the, you know, a highlight period. Mm -hmm. So once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned water into wine. And so this is where he had had this great wedding and he created this amazing, uh, water. this amazing, <laughs> <laughs> this amazing miracle of turning water into wine is super famous. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son. So, this man didn't really understand Jesus and he didn't understand everything about him, but he knew that he needed help. He knew that he was desperate for his son and he would do anything. And um, this is probably a situation where, you know, Jesus was probably this guy's like last resort. You know, he was literally desperate. And, um, and so he asked Jesus to, to t come with him to touch his son because everybody that touched Jesus was being healed at that time. And... Um, and so this is very important is like Jesus says, um, go, your son will live. 
meaning he's been healed right then at that time. Jesus didn't have to be there. No. He didn't have to be in person. He didn't have to be physically present. He's omnipresent. <coughs> he's Sorry. present everywhere at all times. And um, he can do anything in any place with any power. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a lesson for people to learn about who Jesus is and what he can do and what he's capable of. Okay, but I uh, also thinking, I also add something there to say. Uh, this official, right? The, 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 he is called, uh, you say something about it, the last resort, he has come to Jesus. It's like us. Implement, implementing this in our lives. You've been so thrown too much. Divorce, fightings, everything. And then when we need something, that's what we call Jesus, please help me out. God, please help me out. Why, why are we waiting until the end to do this? Why are we waiting until the final to do this to, to say, Lord, help me. I'm broke. Help me. Uh, my car doesn't work. Help me. So we're asking for things. I mean, I know he likes to bother him. He likes to be bothered every day. But why we wait until the last? Because if something emergency happens to you, why we can do forward before that one? Why cannot say like, Jesus, today is a great day. I know you are with me. Today is going to be a blessed day. And don't wait until the last. Because when you wait until the last, in that time, Jesus was present. We have present his, not physically, but we have present his spiritually. And you ask with all your heart, they're going to help you out? Yes. But you don't know how the time it is. Because you say, yeah, I want this, give me a one right now. That won't happen. Or maybe yes, but you got to wait for it. All right? In this case, it's like, we waited to the light. He just like, he just come like, hey, it's my last resort. I had to give it to Jesus. He's going to cure me some. And then I'm going to help him out. Thank you, God. And maybe he become the person who want to be to God and Jesus. Right? But he waited the last minutes. So that's the thing how God it is with us. We don't care if you are praying in the beginning or praying the ending. He's still helping you. Oh, you don't remember me in these 33 years of your life. You don't remember these 40 years of your life. You remember the last day. And the last day, you know what's going to happen? You steal my son. I'm going to help you out. So that's, that's a miracle from Jesus. You put the other view. The last minute when you need it, it's going to be there. It's like when he crucified, remember, son, you're going to be there with me upstairs one day. Thank you. He was crucified the man at the right side. He was crucified. And then he looked at this, you talking to the man of God, don't be disrespectful, something like that. And yeah, that's a great analogy, right? Know, and you remember that. So there's, there's Jesus in the middle, and then there's two. The good and the bad ones, exactly. And one of them doesn't have faith, and the other one asks <laughs> Jesus for, for repentance and to be with him in heaven. And Jesus grants him. Exactly. You know, he's like, you're going to be with you're me. You're going to be with me. It's exactly what he has. No matter the last minute, you just go with all your heart. Say, listen, this is my heart. I'm being, I'm being bad with people. I'm being bad in everything. But you know what? Let me surrender. I'm surrendering to you. I give you everything. Please, forgive me. He will say, I'll forgive you, son. So he, how loyal is he with us? But we don't loyal to him. We got to be through so much. 
You know what I mean? We gotta do a lot. We gotta do a lot of things. And but he is like, he's gonna be the thing. He's gonna be your protector. He's gonna be your savior, and he's gonna do the things that he want to be. And we just like, oh, we wait for the last minute. No worry about it. Last minute, you're gonna help me. I'm gonna be with God next time, tomorrow. No worry about it. I can wait. But you just wait and start to do that right now. So the point of view is like, do the things right now and start to wait. I remember one of those, those uh, you remember we were talking about over there and say like, don't wait until tomorrow what you can do today. So it's the same thing. Don't wait until tomorrow to get the scriptures. Don't wait until tomorrow to do the right thing. Do the right thing now. But you know what? Put God first. Because it's what he do. Jesus put God first. And then that's it. That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole text. I think they, 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 they involve that text beyond that, you know? I don't know. I'd like to add to that. I, I was just in Dominican Republic this week, and um, one thing that I loved about it is it was their Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. And they're passing out flags. So I look at the flag, mm-hmm. and their flag has a cross, a big cross, right? Okay. And then it says, Dios... And then something else and something else. And I was like, okay, why does it say it like this? Okay. Dios, is, Dios means God in Spanish. But it's the first thing. God's number one. And then after that, it's like patriotism and then like independence. Oh. And so I was like, and then it has like crosses with spears. And I was like, man, this is really impressive. Like one thing I love about, you know, America is we have like in God we trust. But, you know, I would I would like to see like a cross on the flag or something like. I think it's just so cool that they have that strong faith, faith there as well. But um. And then so the amazing thing is like, this guy verifies that Jesus healed his son when he said that. Mm-hmm. Jesus told the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is alive. Jesus is active, and um. So whenever he found out, he's then he believed. And this is one of the things that kind of bothers me about it. And Jesus was bothered as well. Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. And it's almost like a frustration of, you kind know, of, yeah. it, and maybe it's like that waiting until the last thing and the desperation of when people choose to believe. But, you know, if you believe in the beginning, you get more benefits. Like the sooner you start, the longer you benefit. That's a quote that I actually had recently. The sooner you start, the longer you benefit. And um, it's the same way with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The sooner you start, the longer you benefit. Um, no. What do you think? What do you think? About the, the Jesus say, you're talking about, you're talking about the, the Two time. Two things is that the person, the father believed... And then Jesus frustrated. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, I, I said he's frustrated. Maybe he's not. That's mm, just my interpretation. My mind, my mind went so far when I was reading. He's thinking of exactly worse. But what happened is uh, he just tried to show the man, I guess. He tried to show the man. You had to see your human, your human eyes has to see things physically in a spirituality. My word is not to do physically things. My word do spirituality. So my job is to do healing. Yes, I will heal the person with my voice. We go once, but, but my job is to do the healing inside us and your person. He can heal your outside, your body, but he especially comes to heal your heart inside. You know what I mean? Everything inside your mind, your body, your spirit. So it's like saying, 
So you now you know what? It's like saying, you believe me because I do this miracle for yourself. Fine, because you wanna see it, but you don't have to. You have to believe me when I come as a saver. That's why he said most right, he's a saver. So everybody believe that. Everybody say, oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. It's like Instagram. Yeah, oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. But you don't need to prove because uh, uh, he already, he shows from day one who he is. We got it. We got so many, this scripture so many years come before, before. And when we read this, like, he fighting, he's debating, like, to show people who he is. And he was hard to be accepted. That's the part. He's hard to be accepted in that community. Oh, we got, a, we got this man from Judah. He come here to Galilee to do these miracles. We just making him, welcome him. And he do a miracle, we're going to believe him. He know, he know, in the other word, I think he don't want to do that. But he got to do what his father asking. Mm. From day one, you got to do the miracles. You got to do these things. So make sure they believe in me and you're going to be there. So I think he do that. Because he he has to do it. There's no other word. He got to do it. Oh, okay, got here. One second. Hey, we got Kyle, Pastor Kyle. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful. Pastor Kyle, how you doing, man? We are live right now. Hello. Welcome. Am I on there? Yeah, you're on right now. The camera's right there. And right there. Everybody's here. My son is here. So how you doing, Pastor Kyle? How's everything? Yeah, the rabbi. Okay. The teacher. The teacher. Okay, teacher. Teacher, let me ask you a question. We're talking about John 4, 43. We're talking about the Jesus heals an official son. To remind you, John is going to read you about the scripture a little bit. So you can tell us what do you think? What is your opinion about it? So a man came to Jesus and asked him to heal his son. Jesus said, he said, come down. Sir, come down before my child dies. And uh, Jesus replied, go, your son will live. So Jesus doesn't need to go to see his son. And so he finds out that, uh, he finds out that the father realized that this was the exact time which Jesus has said to him, your son will live, that his son was healed. <laughs> you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> Did you hear about what he said? Yeah. Okay, what is your opinion about it? What do you what do you think about it? What do you what, what do you think about it? I already say I already did, I already did my thing, my share by talking about you now and your time. We already do this, uh, and we already answered that, but we want to see what you can offer, uh what can ideas or what you can bring you to this uh this put it this meeting message, yeah yeah hold on um which verse was it it's 443 john 443 i'm gonna look it up real quick did you read it yep yep so uh, one thing i wanted to add to what uh joel was saying earlier is is um just that one thing we had talked about in the past, Jesus says, um, if you put yourself last, you'll be first. And if you put yourself first, you'll be last. And so when I look at Jesus' life and I think about him, I see that he puts himself last. And for that, we raise him and put him first in our life. 
And for me, it's a lesson of, of how to treat people and how to reflect myself upon others. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to look at other people as more valuable than myself. Look at everybody as God's, uh, God's masterpiece. And then, you know, reflect that, you know, reflect that in my own thinking. And that's going to lead to my own benefit and my own, you know, raising up. It's going bene- to it's gonna make me a better person, essentially. So that's something that's important to me. Andrea, what did you think about this passage? Hey, I got a, I got a jet off. I got a phone call. Let me call back. Marcos? Marcos, any comments? All right. Kyle's going to call back. All right, he's going to go back. Okay, so let's see. And then it says, this was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So, um, so you see progression of, of what Jesus is doing and, and, um, you know, it's, it's consistent in what he's doing at this time and he's growing in popularity mm-hmm. and he's showing more and more steps to faith. Faith, faith is a catalyst of what's going to ignite your, your beliefs and your relationship with Jesus. Uh, you definitely need faith, faith and gratitude. Those are the two things, but faith being number one. And, um, the guy, the father that asked Jesus to heal his child, he showed faith in this matter because he came to Jesus and he asked him to heal his son. And while he had some faith, he didn't have complete faith. And I think that's why, you know, Jesus says, you know, I keep going back to the frustration of unless you people, people see signs and wonders, you'll never believe. And so I think it's like, you know, it's like Jesus is trying to say, hey, you need to have faith. When you have faith, the things that can happen are incredible. Um, it's miraculous. You don't need to see signs and wonders to get to that point or to be to be a believer. And um, that's his that's his advice. You know what I mean? It's not my advice. That's what Jesus is saying. It's like, you don't need to see signs and wonders. You don't need to pray for miracles in order to be a believer. What you need is you need to have faith, number one, and then that other things will follow after that. And you see that over and over the Bible. Jesus says, your faith has set you free. You, you, you know, you're freed of your sins. Um, your faith has set you free of your sins. So, so what you recommend to your audience uh, how to gain faith? How do you people out there they listen to you? How you how you tell them to get faith? You just believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. It's really simple, and believe that Jesus is in control, and you gotta you gotta put that in your heart over overall. And what I do is I repeat it. I repeat it. You know, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're there for me. Jesus, you can do this for me. Jesus, I need your help. And the more that you put your heart into it. The more you, you, you push that, I think, you know, the stronger your faith grows. What do you think? How do you, how do you grow your faith? It's, it's kind of hard. Like, uh, I mean, it's faith to God, faith to Jesus is different when you faith to the people. We're talking about trust. But when I faith to Jesus, the guys like, if you read the Bible, they tell you don't ask more that you can see or you're learning and um, from day one 
I'm I'm creating this world for you. So Ray, give me give me that, give me everything that they said. Like he said, or you are with me, or you are out of me. Or you're in, or you're out. There's two things you gotta do. So you choose that. But when you're in, for the first time, like oh man, this should be real. It's fake. I don't know. And then when you read more, read more, read more, because it's, this Bible is is reading, is is writing by a lot of people. And I, I think all these people can be wrong. These people has to be right. And it's the only testimony we have this. So you're in. But the only thing to make make gain more faith. You're living every day. We're breathing every day. We're eating every day. We're smiling. We're laughing every day. So those things has to come from our Creator. What else? You know, we, we do good things, go for Him. The bad things, of course, go for the devil. Right? The devil always there. Temptation is always there. But in the ending, we choose Jesus. Choose God. So... No matter what happened during the day, in the end, we, we got, who say, you ever remember saying, the last laugh, they're going to win? So we got a last laugh. So the Jesus, the last breath he spent on earth, is spending on me. Mm-hmm. Just like that. And my face, like, from day one, has to be there. Oh, sometimes I remember when I asked my, my my kids literally, hey, you believe that? Ah, I don't know, I don't know if we that, I don't know. You need to worry about I don't know, I don't know, I remember that. But I remember my mom used to say, you are the sample of your parents, which is true. You are your sample of your parents. But sometimes you have black sheep, you can go to the other way. When I learned about going to church, right, I learned about like, you need to have a Bible, and you need somebody to teach about it. Because you can go by yourself solo. Yes, it is. But when I'm talking about teacher, I'm talking about a person. I'm talking about him to teach it. I'm talking about me. And you say, you don't need to have a church. You close the doors and pray for it. So I've been praying that, and then I pass that to my gener- next generation, which is then. And when you ask the question before to Marcus, you're asking about what you're thinking about that when the way he's playing, like he accepting Jesus or God. Even he don't know that he accepting, but he's talking about. So he got certain knowledge about that. So it's how we are humans. When we were we already know what's good and bad. When you put it at two kids, kids is the, is the most easy thing to can play. You choose, you can see when it's going to be good, when it's going to be bad. You already know that. So it's, it's like that. It's, 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 it's in our blood. It's just in our spirit already. We're born with that. Yes, we got to open it up. What do you think, Marcos? How do you gain faith? How do you gain faith? Or how does anybody gain faith? I mean, just being around the people that you trust in. Like, just having that, like, belief that you can do. You can do it, you know, forget about, you know, just all that bad stuff. Like, just leave it, you know. Put it in a box, close it, lock it up. You know, you just gotta look forward into the path, believe in God, Jesus, and everything. Um, you know, be good with yourself and be good with your others. You know, you just gotta gain that positivity. Just you know, think you can do it. You know, just pray, love God. Yeah. Great, Andre. How do we gain faith? By being around people that has faith as well. 
But do you need other people to have faith? Yeah, I think it is important. Yes. I mean, everybody's different. I just feel like, you know, there's people out there that don't have other people that have faith. You know what I mean? And they need a message of, this is what I think, is you don't need a message of, you need other people to have faith. You don't need anybody to have faith. Nobody's giving me faith. Nobody's giving me anything. I'm here doing this because I love Jesus. And I do this stuff because I want to grow spiritually and I want to be the best person I can be. And so there's, but I definitely think having other people around is very, is extremely helpful. I think having the right people around that can answer questions and lead your your spirituality is wonderful. It's an amazing thing. But at the same time, and this is what I, I'll preach for the rest of my life, is that your relationship with Jesus is your own relationship. And somebody else's relationship with Jesus is their own relationship. Yeah. So what Jesus tells me, he's not going to tell Joel the same thing. Joel has different promises. Joel has different passions. Joel has, Joel has different experiences. So my path and his path, although we walk together in some ways, we have different paths. And so you, you got to let Jesus guide it. And um, and so I think, I don't think you want to rely. I don't, and I say this to Marcos too. Don't rely on other people, man. Forget other people. <laughs> this is about Jesus. It's about Jesus and you. It's about Jesus and you. And, and the thing is, is that other people are going to let you down. I promise you that. <laughs> I've been through that recently, uh, you know, in a hard way. You know, the people you trust the most will let you down. But you know who will never let you down? Jesus is never going to let you down. But... That doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. We just have different perspectives, which is great. And I respect uh, everything that, you know, everybody has said here. And um, and so that's all I have on this uh, on this subject matter. How about you? Yeah, I'm actually thinking about what you say. People, I always say like this, like uh, I'm from Spaceship. Q, uh Few people uh, talking about humans. Humans, or us, we always had a different perspective on life. Um, sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're unhappy. You taking, you you taking the benefit that I always with if you trust or not trust. Because when you put yourself on the mirror, say, I'm gonna be a trustful with all my friends, and then then you are not trustful with all your friends. You keep it high something. You never, you never give it a trust hundred percent. You always hide something. The other way is like Jesus is different. Jesus give you the hundred percent trust. Hey, listen, son, right here. So you already know what he come for, what he's gonna give it to you. But we don't. We say I'm gonna hide him. He already knows what you hide him. He already knows what you be doing. Oh, you can't hide. You anything. can't hide nothing from Everybody's him. Everybody's trying to hide something. Everybody from has Jesus, tried right? to regardless. It's like a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You're not gonna do nothing to hide it. But what you can do is like, hey, listen, man, I know you try to hide things from from me, right? But I already knew what you're doing. Just get over, do the next step. Come to me and I can your door. Come to me and I can your door. So when you do that, man, this guy is not about it, man. Listen, I'm afraid to this guy. This guy, no, you can be afraid and open my arms to you. Touch my hands. Come with me. So he called you every day. The thing is like, we don't want to accept him. 
sometimes we ashamed. Sometimes you say people, oh, you believe in God? And you, you see it around there. Yeah, yeah, I believe in God, yeah. Oh, you were thinking, oh, I don't know, I think later. So, you because you're ashamed. But when you are really, truly person, that you believe, oh, yeah, man, I go guide every day, man. I bless this guy, this guy's awesome. The guy said, oh, man, you're secure about it. Yeah, you have to be secure what he's giving to you. He gave you eternal life. Well, we, I wish have eternal life in, from here to when I die. But one time my witches, one time if he's going to be there. But it's up to him to choose. You know, he's going to choose. And the Bible says 144,000, he's going to choose that one. So let's see if you're one of them. If you win the lotto, you never know. But as again, I try to do my best way that I can be. You know, I try to, it's not about do the best to another. It's not about that. It's your spirit is feel this other spirit be better. You know, it's oh, I'm gonna do the good about it. I'm gonna give you a oh you're skinny, you may give us the jacket. No, it's not about that. Listen, besides the, I want plenty of jacket, but let's talking about something here. So when you feel the spirit with the gospel, that's what he meant to do. He want to you to feel the gospel and that person they need it the most. Hey come and come here to talking about Jesus. How you doing some? You are in the corner, somebody just need to be saving and you try to avoid a person and you just want knock in the door. No. Listen, that person's right there. Say him. I I'm gonna choose my right saving. No, but the moment you say him, he's the word. He's he even can't stand it up. No, he's smelling. No, whatever else he's smelling. He needs to be saved. So instead to choose the people you wanna save, because we choose the people. Choose a person that I most. He, Jesus, don't choose that person. Jesus say he just say everyone in the, in the, in the Bible is saying that anybody. The soldier killing so many people. I believe so in the past. He he do a lot of things bad. But he's still saving his the son of the of this guy. How wonderful is him. Who else is gonna be that? Who else? No one else. The other thing I'd comment on is you made a statement of, um, you know, like we look at it, a, a lot of ways of looking at it is like Jesus is in charge for good things and, and the devil is uh, responsible for bad things. But my own personal view, and I, I just want to share with everybody, is that like I know God is in control over, over everything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing the devil can do that, that God doesn't allow. And I trust God. God says that he's going to use all things for the benefit of those who love him. So even bad things, even bad things in your life, it's so easy to be like, oh, the devil got me. <laughs> that darn devil. And you think the devil has control. But the thing I would say is the devil doesn't have control. And so there's two points of this. And I was listening to a sermon on this this week. One was you have the Garden of Eden. And it talks about how God gives us limitations for things that he gifts us. Like we have the gift, they had the gift of the garden at Eden, but he said not, God said not to eat the apple. Uh-huh. So the devil, instead of like giving them the apple, the apple was given by God. Mm-hmm. The apple was there. God created it. The devil convinced them to go outside the limitations of what God gave them. So God said, don't eat the apple. The devil came as a snake and was like, yeah, you should eat it and trick them. Right. Yep. And so, Faithful. you know how they say the devil's a liar? Like the devil's more tricky and more of a liar than more of like just a destructive force. And um, so that was one part of it. And the other part, I did extensive research on like Job. And Job went through all these horrible, horrible things. He had, he had a wonderful life. He loved God. 
And the devil's like, oh, you know, Job, if, if Job, the devil told God, if Job um, didn't have such a wonderful life, he wouldn't love you and he would give up on you. And God said, no, he wouldn't. And so the devil's like, oh, well, let's test him. And God says, okay, but you can't take his life. Mm-hmm. So the devil could test Job, but he couldn't take his life. He was restricted by what God allowed him to do. So the devil took his family, took his, you know, all of his lifestyle. He was super sick. It's horrible. And then Job came back and got a lot more, you know, double, triple, quadruple more um, when he came back. And so um, just... I think that's so important is like when bad things happen to you, just remember, you know, God has control um, and that it can turn, it can look terrible, but it can turn out to be the best thing for you. And I've been going through that and I constantly tell myself over and over again, hey, this is what, you know, God's plan for my life and I'm going to do my best with it. I'm going to have the best attitude I can. I'm going to, you know, rest on Jesus and uh, and I'm just going to fight through it and you know, just have faith that I'm going to come out better. And I think that's the hard part of faith, kind of like you said. It's not only having faith in Jesus, but also what in Jesus tells you. Jesus tells you, tells you you're a masterpiece. Marcos, you're a masterpiece. Andrea, you're a masterpiece. You got to have faith in that. It's easy to say, I'm not a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Why, didn't it, why didn't God make me like LeBron James? I want to jump, you know, super <laughs> high. I want to shoot baskets. I want to be a star. True. But that's not your that's not your path. That's not your plan. You're a masterpiece for what is intended for your life. You're built perfectly for what was intended for your life. Anything about you could be changed. You could be made with giant feet. You could be made with no hair. But you're chosen to have hair. You're chosen to have specific every little size, every hair, every every inch of you, every every little thing is specifically designed. And I don't know what the reason is. God knows what the reason is. But it is, I can guarantee it's by design. And I guarantee you'll learn one day. But you have to have, you know, it's important to have faith. Because the faith gives you comfort that that there's a reason behind this. It happened for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I cannot nothing more. You're right about it. All right. So let's close out. Um, closing prayer real right. quick. I don't need that. So, closing prayer, Jesus, thank you for coming to, thank you for allowing us to come before you today and celebrate your goodness, your greatness, and your love. You have, you're the best God. You're more than we could ever ask. Um, it's, it's difficult to understand and appreciate you because you're so deep and complex and amazing. And I'm just glad we can celebrate you every Sunday. I'm glad we can bring we can come together and and exalt your name and and raise you up as it should be. And I'm glad that we have faith in you and that we can express that faith and we can share that faith in others. And I'm glad that you've given us and promised us an abundance so that we can give overflow to others as well. And you'll supply our needs as well. We're looking forward to an amazing week. Uh, Can't wait to see what you're going to do in our lives. Can't wait to hear from, you know, all the others about what you've been doing in their lives we know you're active, you're alive, you're well, your spirit is strong, your spirit is stronger than anything we know, and your intelligence is greater than anything we know or can conceive, and we thank you for all of this, and we celebrate and we party in your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Nope. All right.
Have a great week.